We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Valentine's Day is coming up. And for some of you, you're excited and some of you are horrified by the thought of it. Unrealistic depictions of Valentine's Day, the outrageous marriage proposals, the -the over-the-top dinner dates can make the pressure to feel like you have to pair up or make everything perfect seem very overwhelming and make you anxious. With Valentine's Day fast approaching, we thought about some ways to avoid that anxiety or doing the wrong thing and have a healthy relationship moving forward. It's always good to have in studio with us the host of the Psych with Mike podcast, clinical psychologist, Dr. Michael Mahan. Thanks for being back. Thanks for having me. All right. We were discussing during uh, the commercial break how some people do probably love grand gestures Mm -hmm. and others would be horrified by it. And there is a lot of pressure on people in a couple to, I don't know, to to go all out. Mm -hmm. So what kind of advice can you give for people so that they don't, I don't know, reach out with the wrong gesture? Well, the first thing that I would say is that you have to understand what it is that your partner wants. Gary Chapman wrote a book that is pretty popular called The Languages of Love. People probably have heard of that before. And his premise was not that you would know your love language, but that you know the love language of your partner so that you can speak to your partner from their love language. Because if I'm speaking English and Debbie, you're understanding Japanese, it doesn't matter how loud I scream, I love you. You don't hear it because it's a different language. And so the love languages are acts of service, touch, time together, uh, words of affirmation, and gifts. So if you are dating someone or in a relationship with someone whose love language is acts of service and you're always giving them gifts and they say to you, how come you never tell me that you love me? And you say to them, I tell you all the time, well, you guys are having a misunderstanding. And so what you have to do is you have to figure out what is that partner's love language, and then talk to them from that language. What if it's a Valentine's dinner down the street at a nice restaurant where we can spend a couple hours where the kids and the dogs aren't surrounding us? Good? Okay, good, because that's what I'm doing. All right. But, <laughs> but see, it's good if you know your partner right, would love I that. Because I do know that that's, yeah. that's going to be nice. But let me ask this. So there is some anxiety in these situations. Mm-hmm. That, uh, there's a difference between anxiety in that situation and anxiety overall, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What is the difference between those two? A- having anxiety as a disorder, right? But or anxiety in a certain situation. Well, so there's two different kinds of anxiety. There's eustress, which is good anxiety, and there's distress, which is bad anxiety. So eustress is the kind of anxiety that you get the night before Christmas or before you go out for 
uh, Valentine's Day, you are anticipating this is going to be a good outcome. And so the anxiety that you feel associated with that is positive anxiety. And then there's distress, which is the kind of rumination anxiety. I'm worried about paying my bills. I'm worried about losing my job. I'm worried about, you know, getting uh, braces on the kid's teeth. That's distress. So we want to try and eliminate to the best of our ability or control for distress. But when we're experiencing eustress, what we want to do is we want to recognize that and we don't want it to become distress. So you can create distress from eustress through what's called rumination. So rumination is feeding a a thought back on itself over and over again. So, Tom, if you're going to do this thing, you're going to, let's say you're going to have a grand gesture and you feel really, really good about it, but you're running over all of the negative things that could happen and you are projecting yourself into the worst possible outcome that you can perceive, then you are taking you stress and making it distress. And, and I don't. I, you know, I, feel, <laughs> good, I feel, good, good. feel pretty great about it. But, you know, Valentine's Day pressures, Thanksgiving pressures, and Christmas kind of go hand in hand. They're all a little mm-hmm. different, aren't they? Absolutely, because we have this fallacy in our world where we believe that things have to be perfect. And so we put a tremendous amount of pressure on ourselves to create perfect outcomes, while at the same time we are envisioning negative outcomes, which through the process of self-fulfilling prophecy, we create for ourselves and for those around us, when in reality what we need to do is enjoy the moment. You know, just get on the ride and ride the ride and let it be whatever it's going to be and be okay with that. But that's what happens is that we are not okay with whatever the outcome is. We can't accept anything short of what we perceive to be perfection. I think there's probably more stress on men on Valentine's Day than for women because the men feel that they really need to impress the woman. So they'll, you know, I'm going to get four dozen roses or I'm going to put her name up on the jumbotron and I think sometimes maybe they're surprised that it doesn't go the way they wanted because, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you need to know your partner's love language. So mm-hmm. for people out there sitting there, how do I figure out my person's love language? What suggestions do you have? Well, you, A, either have to ask them or you have to pay attention. And really, that's the goal here. That's really what we should be focused on is paying attention. If you live with somebody or you are in a committed relationship with a person and you don't know their love language, it's because you aren't paying attention. It's not because they're not telling you. Because they are telling you, even if they aren't verbally saying, my love language is acts of service. Like, so my love language is acts of service. I, you know, I'll, I'll do the dishes and clean the house. And my wife's love language is words of affirmation. And so she'll say to me, how come you never tell me you love me? Well, I do tell you I love you. I just cleaned the house. I just did all. She said, I don't care about that stuff, right? So if you don't know your partner's love language, it's because you're not paying attention. You have to recognize what makes them happy, not what makes you happy, what makes them happy. So that requires a little bit of empathy. You have to be able to put yourself in your partner's position and recognize, oh, when I say, wow, you are a great whatever your significant other does, you're a great waiter. 
oh, and that person lights up and they say, oh, that makes me feel really good. That's because their love language is words of affirmation. So you have to pay attention to the information that that person's giving you in return. Now, if we're talking about this is January 30th, 30th. 30th. Mm-hmm. so you only have 15 days, right? You got two two weeks before uh, <laughs> how, uh, b- before oh, Valentine's no Day. Yeah, you're probably, you may not figure out your partner's love language in the next two weeks unless you really, really pay attention. But if you are really invested in doing the absolute best for your partner for Valentine's Day, what I would recommend is try and pay attention to the things that make them happy and don't do something that makes you happy. Do something that makes them happy. So whether you think Valentine's Day is a stupid holiday created by greeting cards companies or a beautiful time <laughs> with your significant other, it's always a good time, no matter what time of year. To have these conversations, I would say. Absolutely. And, you know, just as going out, uh, Robert Waldinger is the director of a Harvard study called the a Happiness Study, which is, has been going since 1938. It is the longest scientific study in the history of mankind to can be in continuous active practice. And the one thing that they find is that what makes people happy is not success. It's not money. It's not fame. It's human connection. All you got to do is try and be connected to other people and things are going to work out okay. Well said. And that is Psych with Mike podcast host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Michael Mahan. Thanks again for joining us. It's Thanks, always guys. fun. Always like having you in here. <laughs> really good. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.